listening to Good Shepherd Brentwood's Sermon Feed. Today's sermon was preached by Mother Natalie Van Kirk and recorded on the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, November 12, 2023. Their Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. The people said to your Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and him we will obey. And then this from First Peter, Come to him a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. Nearly 180 years ago, a fine Anglican priest named John Wesley, maybe you've heard of him, preached a sermon titled, On the Use of Money. Now, Wesley did not consider money evil, nor did he think having or acquiring money was an automatic sign that one was probably immoral. In fact, you would probably be shocked at Wesley's favorable opinion of money and of those who had it. I believe Wesley was correct in his analysis, and I believe that he has important things to teach us as we finish our stewardship season for this year. Now, I'm going to do my very best to translate 18th century English to 21st century American for you. But Father Fred warns me that sometimes I tend to get stuck in the poetry of the 18th century language, so bear with me. Wesley says that all too often, the people of God leave conversations about the right right use of money to the men of the world, even though our Lord told us in St. Luke's Gospel that we will one day have to give an accounting of our stewardship of the money with which we've been blessed. All too often, we, the people of God, do not take that future accounting seriously enough, he says. And further, the people of God do not consider the business of making and the use of their money with the importance that the subject requires. They do not not understand how to employ it to the greatest possible advantage because it is one of the greatest blessings that God has bestowed upon the earth. Instead, Wesley said, the people of God are likely to believe the poets and the philosophers and the orators when they say money is evil, that we should banish it from society and throw it all into the sea. It is, he says, an empty rant bereft of reason, and they do not really mean what they say. It is not money, 
but the inordinate love of it which corrupts us. Yes, it may be used for evil. Name one thing that cannot be used for evil. It may also be used for good. And the choice is ours. In the hands of the people of God, money can be food for the hungry, drink for the thirsty, clothing for the naked, shelter for the traveler and stranger, protection of the widow and orphan, medical care for the sick, the defense for the defenseless, eyes for the blind, feet for the lame, and a lifter up, as Wesley says, from the gates of death. The choice is ours. Wesley then goes on, he gives three instructions to the people of God regarding money. The first one, you'll probably find this amazing, earn all you can. Healthily, honestly, without endangering yourself or your neighbor, do not earn it in a job that risks your physical or mental health. Do not earn your money by defrauding your neighbor or taking advantage of your neighbor in a way that hurts him or her spiritually or bodily. It is impossible, he says, to follow the Lord's instruction to love one's neighbor as oneself if you do this sort of work. Dishonest gain or gain that comes at the expense of another will be judged harshly by God. So earn all you can, honestly, with common sense, integrity, and mindful that God has called you to be one of his own. Wesley's second instruction was save all you can. Save because extravagance, indulgence, and vanity, and desire that tends to satisfy the desires of the stomach or of the body are a dead end. People who are indulgent in their diets, their clothing, and their households do this not just for the creature comforts, but also to satisfy their vanity. And what is more, daily experience, your very own experience, demonstrates that the more we indulge in such desires, the more that they will control us. Wesley's third and last instruction was this, give all you can. And he has specific rules about the kind of giving you are to do First, you have to ask yourself, am I caring for myself as though I am someone God has charged me to care for? Second, am I caring for my spouse, my children, my employees, the members of my household in a way that provides for them? And then after that, he says, you should render unto God that which is God's. And he has five rules for evaluating the nature of your gift. First, does the gift reveal or make real 
your belief that you are a steward of the Lord's gifts. Second, does your gift accord with the requirements of Scripture? Third, can you offer this gift up as a sacrifice to God through Jesus Christ? In other words, does this gift support the work of Christ in the world? Fourth, do you have a reason to believe that the way you are using money in this moment reveals that you are a disciple of Christ? And fifth, does the Holy Spirit's response to your prayers about these matters support your intention? In other words, when you pray about what God is asking you to give, and when you are asked to give of that which gives you security and sustains you, do you hear a deep, yes, that's it, within your soul? Wesley went on to tell his listeners that so far as he could tell, the reason the church was unable to do all that God has called the church to do was because the people of the church took the instructions to earn all you can, to save all you can, to heart. They really took those two things to heart. But they, they tended to ignore that struck instruction to give all you can. If, he said, his people took the last bit of that instruction as seriously as they took the first two, there would be no problem teaching and training new Christians to be giving or to care for those who were needy and defenseless. Wesley's conclusion to all of this was that we can neither be wise nor faithful stewards of the gifts that God has blessed us with unless we do all three. Earn all you can. Save all you can. Give all you can. Now, three weeks ago, when I started, we started talking about stewardship for this year, I told you that one of the top five reasons that people say they never attend church or avoid attending church is because the church is always asking them for money. It's true. What can I say? We do ask for money. But I think it's really important that we get clear about why we ask for money. Once a year, for four weeks, we talk about the spiritual growth that comes from learning to give generously and about the biblical injunction to tithe. We talk about that because that's the most important part of your gift, is the internal transformation that it works upon you. We do this because giving is just as important a spiritual discipline as prayer or worship or the study of your faith. If we do not cultivate the discipline of giving, we are a little bit like that person who tries to prepare for a marathon only by doing arm work. We are not going to be prepared or able to do what we have set out to do. And let's be honest, we also do this to raise money that we need to support our staff and to maintain our facility. 
the building and the staff that work so hard to support this congregation. These things are the platform from which we can go out into the world. In this beautiful little stewardship booklet that you should have received this week, and I hope you opened and actually looked through and read. You will see that there's a pie chart here towards the back. Oh, my pages are stuck together. It's, it shows the way we spend the money that supports our platform, building community, providing care and counseling for those in need, teaching the faith to the young and the not so young, and making it possible for us to worship God and declare our commitment to him. And I have to tell you this, we are very careful with every penny that you invest in your church home. We do not budget for a surplus, but only for what is necessary. There is no reserve money here somewhere in a magical fund that will make up for shortfalls. Our parish survives on what we give. The only way we can deal with shortfalls is to cut programs and to cut staff. Parish budgets are not magical things. They are the result of people coming together and out of the blessings that God has given them, they come to support their community and develop their own faith and their spiritual lives. Now this platform, this base that we have here at the corner of Wilson Pike and Crockett Road is we, where we, like the people of Israel, in this morning's reading from Joshua, declare our allegiance to Christ. We come every week, we say the creed, I believe in the one God, the Father, all the Almighty. And as Joshua said to the people, when, those, when we say those words, we must also ask ourselves if our actions match the words of the pledge that we have made. If we come here to worship and declare our allegiance to Christ, does what we do, what we say, and what we worship every day, as well as what we give, do those things accord with our declaration or are our words in contradiction with our actions? We ask for funds for this platform so that we can together become the people God has called us to be. There are other occasions when we ask you for money, and those requests are all about mission and outreach. At another time, we should talk about all of our mission and outreach programs and why they are essential to any group of people who want to call themselves Christian. Now, in 2023, we were incredibly blessed by your generosity. We were able to raise the funds that we had had to ask the diocese to give us the previous year, and much more. We provided much-needed raises for our staff, additions to our programs, and we covered the increases in the utilities and services bills that we saw in 2022 and 23. 
for those of us who worry on a daily basis over the finances of the church, your generosity and your commitment to this place in 2023 was nothing short of an amazing answer to prayer. Now, in 2024, we, we want to stretch ourselves just a little bit. We want to cover our basic expenses for sure, but most of all, we want to expand our mission and outreach work in our community and in the world. We want to do new and novel things that Good Shepherd has never done before, and to do so, we need to be sure that our platform is secure and able to support us so that we can make the, meet the needs of these new efforts. Now, you know, one of the things that John Wesley knew 180 years ago when he preached a sermon on the uses of money is that the people God has called to be living stones in his house also live in the world. And he had called on them to live in a world in a way that helps them grow in their likeness to Christ. And if they're to do that, they must have work that has integrity and a promise so that they can earn all they can. He also understood that money was their way to find security and sustenance, and so he encouraged them to avoid debt and frivolous expenses and to save all they could. And lastly, he knew that they could only grow in their likeness to Christ if they gave all they could. Earn all you can. Save all you can. Give all you can. It was sound spiritual instruction then, and it is sound spiritual instruction today. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in hearing our sermons in real time, you can check us out at our website, www.goodshepherdbrentwood.org, or attend online during our 1015 Sunday live stream on YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Good Shepherd Brentwood. If you have any questions or comments, or maybe you'd like to meet with one of our clergy, you can email us at office at goodshepherdbrentwood.org. Or if you're interested in visiting in person or have questions about our programs and services, you can text 615-637-3738, where you'll be contacted by our staff. We'd love to meet you.